Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Paul is back. Hello, hi. Morning, Gina. I can contain my excitement. You are back uh, to continue the conversation on... One of the four reasons why your weight might be slower to move. Last week, we had this conversation. Uh, we talked about inflammation, which, which was a big one. We talked about um, gut issues, which was a big one. We talked about food sensitivities, which was a big one, all mm-hmm. feeding back into this issue of inflammation. And then we briefly touched on hormones. So although this was scheduled to talk about secondary supplements, now that where people are at in this program, they're definitely not make or break, but can help level up their health and wellness. I am itching and I know people People are itching to talk about hormones and how they can affect your weight loss journey. So, um, first of all, hi. How are you? Hi. Good morning. I'm well. Yourself? Good. I'm good. We haven't really had an extensive conversation on hormones. I'm. I have a feeling we could probably take up the whole hour just on talking about hormones. So we should probably get to it. Where would we start? Where, where would we start the conversation? Because, you know, first of all, I think when people think hormones, they think like sex hormones, right? Yeah, like right. menopause, women, hormones, like there's so many different kinds of hormones. So maybe we just, what are hormones? Let's start with that. Maybe. Yeah. Let's make it real simple. Let's break it down. So hormones are basically signaling molecules that are being sent from one organ, being produced in one organ or two more or more than one organ and then delivered to different areas of the body. And they often have a wide ranging uh, degree of effects. Uh, And like, for example, thyroid hormones, are a great example that, you know, almost every cell in the body has a thyroid receptor, a thyroid hormone receptor, and it is influenced by the level of thyroid hormone you have in your bloodstream. And that's in your tissues. Now it's a little bit more complex than that, but ultimately that is the, that is the mechanism action production to have some sort of effect. And the other thing I should add, and this is a really, really important part for everyone to understand, is that the hormonal system ideally is a kind of a self-regulating system. What that means is that you are going to be producing hormones to have a certain effect, but there's also this negative feedback loop, meaning that depending on the levels that you have in your bloodstream, the control system, usually that's the brain, that's the pituitary gland in your brain, it's always sampling your blood to see, hey, do I need to produce more or less? So it's like this really beautifully fine-tuned system, but if it becomes in balance, there's a number of steps that have to be taken to kind of rebalance that. And usually the body tries to do that itself, Gina. So it really wants to maintain hormonal homeostasis, which is just a fancy word of saying balance, even if there's some sort of external stressor that causes imbalance, we always want to come back to a balanced state. 
Okay, so let's talk about that then, because I think, you know, balancing hormones is such a thing. You hear it all the time. Yeah. Do this, it'll balance your hormones. Take that, it'll balance your hormones. So so my understanding is your hormones are never like, I think balanced, I think a straight line across, right? right. And maybe this is where homeostasis comes in. But in reality, your hormones are always in flux, yeah? They are, yeah. That's actually an excellent point. And it's worth noting for everybody to understand is that it's not like I just want to boost my hormones. I just want to get them up. Now, if you're very deficient, sure, you want to boost them, but it's very easy to go over the top and have too much. Again, using thyroid as the example, like if you took too much thyroid replacement hormone, you are going to be pushed into a hyperthyroid state, even though you started off as being low thyroid. So it's about finding, here's the word again, balance. And your body's always trying to maintain that balance. The trouble is sometimes there's external situations, there's times in life, i.e. menopause, there's external stressors, there's even internal stressors that cause the body's hormonal system to be challenged on the balance front and has to adapt. And I have to say, Gina, from everything that I've seen with my patients and all my understanding of hormones, is the body is really good at balancing hormones. Yeah. It's really good at staying in balance. However, there comes a point that whatever the external stressor is or whatever the, the, the causer of the imbalance becomes a little too strong or it's there for a little bit too long. And that's where we run into symptoms. So once that balance is no longer able to be achieved by the internal mechanisms, the body then starts telling you, hey, something's off. And a perfect example would be the adrenal system, which we'll talk about in more detail in a bit. But basically, this is your stress hormone shock absorbing system. And if that stress continues, think of all the unresolved stressors that people have in their lives, then eventually that body's own homeostasis system may become a little bit overwhelmed. So what do you, what do you mean by external stressor? Like what, what, give me examples. What would that be? Like, for example, a, a long-term illness. Uh, okay. You know, like COVID, for example, is a great example that a lot of people are now uh, obviously very acutely aware of, where you could have an illness that continues to then lead to chronic pain, leads to chronic symptoms, and the adrenal system is what's trying to kind of pick up the slack for you. So that's an example of what might be an external, but then becomes an internal stressor. Uh, okay. Another uh, another example would be, for example another health crisis, like for example, cancer, people that are listening to this, maybe have gone through treatment for cancer. They've gone through the diagnosis process. They've gone through surgery. Surgery is a huge stressor for a lot of people. Uh, think of emotional stressors. Uh, and, and so a lot of times we think, well, you know what, that's just, you know, anxiety, or that's just something that's not tangible, but we have to understand that your body, your brain perceives stress and converts it into biochemical stress. So whether or not it actually is a physical stress, you don't have to always get in a car accident. You could feel aka run over by a bus, by yeah. the boss at work or a relationship that that broke up or any, any number of those types of um, psychological stressors. And they have the same type of physiological effect in your body. And your body has to, your adrenal system has to pick up the slack there, Gina. So I, just as you're talking, I'm thinking about, so I'm under a lot of stress. I love what I do, but at the same time, I got a lot of stressors and I can feel it, especially sort of in the last couple of months. I, I, I'm definitely feeling it. My body is, is kind of feeling a little bit broken down from it. Plus I'm turning 50. 
So then I'm thinking like there's some other hormones factoring in. Plus I, I, you know, I just like, I'm dealing with some health issues where I just got off some antibiotics. I, I, you know, I was pretty sick in the springtime. So I'm just thinking there, you could, when you think of like hormones, it's not just like your thyroid or your, you know, your, your menopausal or your whatever, you could actually have a variety of different, can you just have, is it just one hormone? Like that's, no. off or can you, I'm assuming that you can have yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, in that roundabout little explanation that you just made, I think you touched on the most important transition time for people that are in the program. So uh, let's bring this back to the, to the Livy program, because yeah. I, let me tell you, um, just based on kind of my recollection, I would say probably 80% of the people that I see that are members of the program are in and around the 50, uh, 50 years old mark. It's, a, it's, it's one of our larger demographics for sure. Exactly. So I'm sure you, you confirm that, but I'm confirming that as back to the conversation about obstacles, as that's the time that you have usually the most hormonal changes going on in a woman's life, particularly because that's what a lot of what I see. And so let's yeah. just paint that picture for everyone. So understands, and this is going to fit really well in understanding some of the obstacles, but it's also going to help us understand the physiology, basically the thing, the way things happen. So okay. Let's paint a picture here. Um, if you look at the stages of a person's life, especially I'm talking here uh, about women in their thirties, they're usually dealing with childbearing. They're going through the different ups and downs with that. Um, they're still, their physiology is still quite um, adaptive to the, those types of, we'll call them stressors, but they don't have to be always. Yeah. Um, now you go into your forties, usually your kid's a little bit older. And now you start usually working hard and you start what we maybe call the grind. And usually during this time, a lot of people um, can get away with things. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can get away with not eating the greatest. You can get away with not exercising as well and not taking care of yourself. But right kind of in the mid part of your 40s, a lot of people uh, start thinking about, oh, geez, I'm not going to stay this young forever. And my body is now starting to tell me symptoms of yeah. maybe all the things that I forgot to do when I was younger. Yeah. I we take care of myself. And so I have this term called mom syndrome where you take uh, women take care of everyone else around them and they don't take care of themselves. And so now fast forward to what the example you just said, you start dealing with hormonal changes associated with losing your ovarian hormones, your estrogen and progesterone, namely. And these hormones, Gina, they do a lot of things to not just maintain your menstrual cycle, but they do a lot of things to maintain things like bone health, muscle mass. Estrogen has a huge role to play when it comes to mood and and focus, especially. Uh, So cognitive focus, a lot of women going through menopause might say, I feel like I'm just in like a haze. I'm like in a, a, a brain fog. That doesn't, I have to say, any of the symptoms I'm saying right now does not have to happen. Not everybody gets this, but I'm explaining to you the situation that I usually see with patients where they're in this mom syndrome all the way up to now. They've been using their adrenal system to keep up the slack for the lack of recovery, the lack of repair, rest, digest, recover. They've been in this like sympathetic mode up to now. And then all of a sudden they lose their ovarian hormone production and what has to what's left holding the bag, so to speak, yeah. is your adrenal yeah. system. And yeah. now your adrenal system produces 30% of your estrogen progesterone. It still produces a little bit. So not all your estrogen progesterone is produced by your ovaries at each cycle of the month. 
now the, the stress that you unfortunately have built up, the ability to be resilient to that is sometimes impaired. And so that's manifested as, wow, I can't take this weight off. Um, we'll talk about adre the adrenal system as a lot of the receptors are in around the waist and they have a lot of women have this like tire around their waist that they're like, I can't get rid of. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with that area is very rich in cortisol receptors. And when you've had a life of very high cortisol and you haven't had a chance to bring that down, that's where the adiposity is going to build up. Um, so anyways, I'm trying to paint a picture of a situation of not having the proper recovery and not taking care of it all the way up to a certain stage in life. And that stage in life kind of catapults you into a situation yeah. where you're out of control because a lot of these hormones are changing. Jesus. I get it. Cause we neglect ourselves. Yeah. We take on an epic amount of stress. We diet, we starve and deprive That's ourselves, right. completely right. disconnect from ourselves. We try to do it all and think it's not affecting us when it's absolutely affecting us. And we're so freaking broken down, but that yeah. by the time that our hormones start to transition, that we're feeling it on an epic level. Did I get that right? Yeah, you, you, you nailed it. That's a great little summary of, yeah, you basically up to that point, a lot of people being really true, truthful about their kind of like health history might say, you know what, I've just kind of like got by up to now. And now yeah. I'm really starting to focus because it's, it's, they'll notice that it's, it's harder to do things. It's harder to wake up. It's, I'm more tired in the morning. It's harder to lose weight before they were like, I just went on Jenny Craig and lost weight right away and it, it melted away or I did Bernstein or yeah. I did keto and all of a sudden yeah. it's not working anymore because those were quick fixes. They're actually not going to help your metabolism get to a point that is going to be working for you instead yes. of you're working against steps now and you lose weight. Sure. If you starve yourself, you're going to lose weight. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just, then you factor in metabolism and that's a whole other clusterfuck. Like seriously, my goodness. Okay, so I I want to talk about just real quick for the younger people coming up. What can they do <clears throat> to prevent getting into the situation? And then now that we're here and we're trying to lose weight and we have a feeling our, you know, this is us, what do we do about it? Right. Well, there's this old adage that I totally feel like has flushed itself out in my practice. You know, um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's frustrating for people that are looking back and being like, Oh, you know, like, I wish I did that. But for, if you're yeah. listening to this and you're in your twenties, you're in your thirties, you're in your forties, uh, and you're still feeling good. That's a good sign that your metabolism is still somewhat intact. But right now we have yeah. to think about ourselves as a bank account in a sense, how many withdrawals are you taking out every day and how many deposits mm -hmm. are you putting in? And if you feel like your life is all about just withdrawals, at some point, the bank's going to come calling and say, hey, listen, you've been in mega overdraft for a long time. And that might come up as weight loss, oh, sorry, inability to lose weight. That might come up with, you know, a, a more serious health condition. So right. it's, it's very important that you build in to your life as early as possible, a balance of wellness activities and a balance of productivity activities. And a lot of this starts with your mindset. So I think I've said it so many times before, what I really love about a program like yours, Gina, the living method is that it is forcing, it's asking people, it's motivating people to be mindful about yes, their diet. That's the first step, but I'll tell you the level up step is being mindful about every other aspect of your life. How yeah. are you thinking? 
How are, you know, what's your environment? If I'm go, go, go all day, where's my balance to that? Go, go, go. Yeah. Have I smiled today? Have I laughed today? Did I do yeah. something that's positive for myself? Or if I'm looking at the net of my day or net of my week, am I just miserable and waiting for the weekend? These are situations that yeah. we have to take stock of and be like, okay, I need to change. And what do you change? You start putting in prioritizing for yourself. The last thing I'll say about this mom syndrome is that, you know, if we're, we'll stick with the financial analogy here since we're on that. There's this really wise investing method that basically the principle is pay yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. Where you probably, and people have listening to this might, might've heard that before you pay yourself first and, and, and that applies to finances, but that applies also to your health. So think about it. The mom syndrome is you take care of everybody else first. And then what's left for you? Usually yeah. zero. I'm exhausted yeah. by the end of the day. I'm exhausted by the end of the week. I'm exhausted by the end of this semester because I was doing it for my kid. Right? Yeah, exactly. Put, I, I'm there too. But yeah. here's the realization is that you realize that that is a short-term proposition. And the long-term, you can't be the best mom or dad if you are not healthy yourself, if you are yeah. not well yourself. How can you expect your, your kid, your teenage kid, to have a good relationship with food or to be calm and not anxious if you're yeah. running around not calm and anxious? Yeah, and being anxious. I hear that. I so, hear that. Okay. I think it's a really important mentality, uh, mindset. And that's, I think, about being mindful about not just what you eat, what you drink, but about everything. About everything. Yeah. I mean, this is where maximizing and focusing on all those other things, your sleep, your stress, your movement, you know, taking care of yourself, visiting your doctor, like prioritizing yourself. Okay. Good so, point. so I'm, I'm broken down. I'm feeling it. Um, I'm having a hard time losing weight. How does, how does that factor in? How do my hormones factor into my weight loss journey? What can I do yeah, about it? That's an amazing question because that's exactly what people are asking themselves right now. Yeah. <laughs> so first and foremost, I'll say this first and foremost, um, you know, I have a, I have a concussion program that I, I get people walking through, uh, to help heal their uh, post-concussion syndrome. And what I, yeah. people come to me with questions all the time. And the answer I always say is like, have you gone through the program? Have you really implemented it? And mm. I'm going to say the same thing for everybody here listening. If you are the first, first time going through this program and you're frustrated that you're not losing weight, the first thing I would say is, have you really put as much effort and emphasis in really mastering the aspects of the program? Because mm. guess what? The beautiful part about diet is that it actually helps regulate a lot of this other hormonal stuff. So a yeah. lot of women will come to me and say, hey, listen, Dr. Paul, the non-scale victories I had was that my PMS went away. Yeah. My hot, sleeping flashes, better. hot flashes went away. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, implement the foundational things before you start looking for that magic bullet supplement or like going to see that hormonal doctor that costs $3,000. Yes. Because this is where you're coming back to what you said about the body is, has this incredible self-regulating system. Your body right. wants you to be as healthy as possible. Right. A lot of times it's just resources, consistently doing what you need to do and giving the body actually time to actually, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Focus on itself. So what's uh? so do the program, but the program okay. 101, 
right? And it might take longer. This is why you hear this a lot of times. People can struggle first time around, second time around, the weight starts to move, third time around. You know what I mean? There's 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 no shortage of stories like that. Yeah. So what's the time frame there? And to your point, is this one of those things where you should be seeing those some non-scale victories? Like if it's specifically hormone related as opposed to gut health, as opposed to food sensitivity, as opposed to inflammation, or is this where hormones kind of tie into right. all of that? Like how, where would you start in terms of addressing? Obviously do the program, be yeah. all in, but like what's- so let's, do, what, let's go kind of step by step. Yeah, let's yeah, go okay. step by step. So step one is do the program really, really well. And, and if you've gone through the program once, reflect back being like, have I did I really do it well? And a lot of people yeah. might say, check, I really tried to do it. Okay, great. Yeah. So that's that's like the foundational piece. We can build off that. And and not just the food and the water. That's not what we're talking about. No, yeah, here. everything. We're talking about yeah. all of it. Okay, yeah. All the leveling okay. up stuff that we talk about, read that chapter, go into that, you know, understand and yeah. implement all those things as much as okay. possible. Okay. So that's okay. step one. Then second, and this is where I really like the mindfulness component is that uh, you, you still have to start really taking a, an honest look at your symptoms and health. And then you almost like, if you want, you can do it as simple as like, write it down. I mean like, okay, so what are my symptoms? And so yeah. my symptoms are, you know, uh, I, I really had no problem losing weight until I hit 50 and I hit menopause. If you're one of those people, this is your first check mark. Be like, okay, there's a chance that there's something to do with menopause that really shifted my hormones. Do I, second point B there, do I still have menopausal related symptoms? Do I have other hormone related symptoms that could be explained by something like thyroid? For example, do I have hot flashes? Do I have night sweats? Am I extremely fatigued? Was I sleeping fine until I hit my 40s, my late 40s and 50s? That could be also menopause. These are all signs and symptoms to tell us, hey, menopause, sorry, hormones might be the reason. When it comes to thyroid, a lot of people think, oh, it's got to be my thyroid. Usually thyroid is pretty obvious to even conventional medical doctors to assess. So they can do a, a blood test and usually catch it. Now, there are some ex uh, exceptions to that where we miss kind of a subclinical hypothyroid case where it's like, you know, it's on a borderline, but you're getting all the symptoms. But in my experience, I would love to tell you, oh, yeah, that's the magic bullet, but it just hasn't actually flushed itself out that way. So um, the symptoms with thyroid are usually caught by your family doctor. So now I'm talking about the situations where usually it, it's, it, it's, you know, you've talked to your family doctor and they haven't been able to help you so far. Um, then I'm looking at, my energy systems. How am I, how am I recovering? Am I feeling exhausted all the time? Do I feel better after I exercise? If I feel better after I exercise and I'm not talking like a hit class, I'm talking about just like basic exercise. That's a sign that your metabolism is having a positive response. If I feel better, that's the way it should be. You should feel better. If I'm exhausted, if I'm super achy, that's a sign that maybe my adrenal system, which kind of helps me recover is not working well. Mm. Uh, so that's another little sign there. Uh, if then I look at, okay, health history, do, have I been through a tremendous amount of stress? Do I feel exhausted all the time without a chance to recover? Kind of maybe to what you were uh, alluding to a little bit here, Gina, where you're like, I'm feeling a little bit, the, the term that the literature uses exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, my mood starts shifting and it's really not me. These are all potential signs that it could be things like depression, for example, but it could also be adrenal dysfunction. Mm. And so that's where you have to work with a naturopathic doctor, yeah. functional medicine doctor, that's going to help you do that testing. There really isn't good testing for your adrenal system, Gina. You have to look yeah. at how does cortisol change throughout the day? And this was actually your earlier point. 
you can't just go do one blood test to say, hey, yeah, my 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 adrenal system's good because it changes. What part of the day are you going to test in? So yeah. first morning, two hours after waking, you want to see a nice curve throughout the day, dinner time, bedtime, overnight, if you if you have trouble sleeping. So these are just kind of examples of what might be kind of looking at the adrenal system as being as being as being problematic. Would it, would it be safe to say that someone with um, thyroid issues, the the first step to that was adrenal issues, maybe that weren't like like is that on the roadmap to thyroid issues? Is your it can be it can it can be, and this is where we're getting a little bit down into the weeds. Where you know what type of thyroid issue is it? Is it just a lack of building blocks? Some people don't have uh, you know selenium and iodine, the really key nutrients for thyroid function. Some people uh, have an autoimmune condition to their thyroid called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, where your yeah. body's immune system actually attacks your thyroid. And that has a whole history of things that became probably dysfunctional. Autoimmunity doesn't happen for one reason. There's like a genetic component possibly. There's so like family history. There's also a deficiency. There's also, if you're under a lot of stress, your adrenal system helps regulate inflammation and keeps the immune system doing its job better. So if you are always getting sick, if you always have allergies, if you have tons of inflammation, your body probably is not regulating via cortisol, that key hormone, remember cortisone, cortisol, anti-inflammatory. If you're overreactive to things, then your adrenal yeah. system might be problematic. So, um, you know, yes, down the line, Gina, then a dysfunctional adrenal system leads to many, many different health conditions, including something like leaky gut, fatty liver, a lot of people don't know those connections, but you know, when you're adrenally um, not functioning well, your uh, your immune system at the level of the gut and your gut lining specifically becomes weakened. It becomes a little bit more susceptible to just being absorbing all these proteins that you normally shouldn't see. So there's a connection to being oversensitive to foods and chronic stress. Right. Yeah. So, and again, that's a connection that a lot of times is like, wow, I never even thought about that. But yeah, that's why, you know, you could actually have uh, an environment in your body where you're overreactive to all these different allergens, including environmental allergen and food allergens, but has a lot to do with your body's stress system, has a lot to do with your adrenal system, has a lot to do with what's what's called the limbic system in the brain. I know I, I don't want to get super weak because I want to geek out hard, but I have to be careful of not getting you down in the bog with me because this is where this is where like someone like a naturopathic doctor will really help you navigate these things that uh that are really could be contributing to your ability inability to lose weight patients a lot of people don't have access to these kind of conversations to just try to even figure it out in the first place my brain is all over i'm thinking of people you know who have thyroid issues they come on the program and everything is going really great and then all of a sudden they feel like it's a fight i don't know what's happening and usually they have to go and get their their their, their thyroids adjusted i'm thinking about yes. people with food sensitivities who are like how come i'm able to eat this again you know after putting time into strengthening yes. their digestive them and you know lowering their inflammation and how come i don't have joint pain anymore and how come i don't have this and it's just it's actually very exciting the the rabbit hole you can go down is actually very exciting to me because it means that there's so many things that you can do to actually 
address all of this. I mean, where you start is, I guess, you know, seeing someone like yourself, like even adrenals, like you and I have had this sort of um, evolving conversation. There was a time where adrenal fatigue was like the buzzwords, like every year, you know, we've been enough, there's been enough buzzwords going around where it's such a blanket term and you know, your adrenals don't get tired, but it's about kind of your whole system being out of whack. And I think, you know, it's, it's confusing because there is sort of this pseudoscience kind of trying to debunk these kind of things, but then they're yeah. actually a reality that your doctor doesn't exactly cover because they're more sort of addressing the issue. And I don't want to get into root cause because it's a rabbit hole of root cause. But the reality is there's a lot of things that you can do to be proactive about your whole, your own health and wellness before you get to a point where you need hormone therapy, replacement therapy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Or do you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, hormone replacement therapy ultimately, I think, is the last resort for systems and organ organs that produce your hormones that are just not producing them in, in adequate levels. There are some yeah. people that do need that. Like, for example, if you're going through menopause, Gina, and you have very debilitating hot flashes and night sweats, and you it's really affecting your ability to sleep, then yeah. doing a short course of hormone replacement therapy, I think is absolutely reasonable. In fact, it's, yeah. it's, it's life-changing for a lot of people. Uh, it, it's, it's the, I think you're referring to kind of the shades of gray that are between the obvious ones. And then the ones that people don't need anything where it's like, okay, would I benefit from, you know, a bit of hormone replacement? Uh, and that's where you have somebody navigating it with you again, just to speak about the medical system. It's, we're not saying anything against medical doctors or specialists. No. Like they're incredibly no. knowledgeable and many are very caring. But the reality no. is, is that unfortunately the North American system just is not trained to think in the, um, a more um, multi-system way. Everything is siloed. It's like, I'm going to see my gynecologist and your gynecologist is like, I'm just going to talk about hormones and give you the birth control pill. That's my only solution yeah. I can offer you. Yeah. Where how many times, Gina, have we seen people go through the program and their night sweats go away and their yeah. hormones balance and they're, they're sitting there scratching their head being like, well, there's no research showing diet has any influence to hormones. And I just say BS because I've seen it a million times where it gets better. So this is the, that's that web of interconnectivity between your systems, your, your gut, your hormones, your brain your infl- inflammation all kind of boil down to, yeah, a lot of what you're eating. So I have the frustration with the system and, yeah. and, and what we're trying to do is help people to think in a way that we start making some of these connections. And I understand not everyone can go work with a naturopathic doctor, but if you are in the group of people that are like, I've tried the program four times and I can't lose weight and I'm frustrated. And, you know, I, and unfortunately this is, Fortunately, unfortunately, it doesn't matter which way you look at it. These are a lot of the people that are probably sitting on this call and, and, then, and, and then being frustrated with the lack of progress. We're like, okay, everybody has a key that we have to look at. And which is, which is your key? Don't give up. We'll find, we'll continue to try to provide you information to try to find that key. Uh, and then ultimately then be able to kind of unlock that metabolism. Well, someone is just saying, can hormone replacement therapy affect your weight loss? Well, like, to me, that's like, it's like, that's like supplementing. It's helping your body get to a place where you need it to get to. It's, 
it's not the hormone replacement that's hindering your weight loss. It's everything that happened up until the point where you actually needed the hormone replacement. And it's going to take time to address these things to get your body back in balance before it can start focusing on other things. But there's no way around. Again, there's no magic pill. You can't just take hormone replacement and eat like crap and not manage your stress and not move your body and not do all those things. And that's why, you know, you do a program on this, like it's so holistic in the sense of like whole, right? Like what you're eating, what you're thinking, what you're doing, like, you know, the action that you're taking. And then, you know, you may need hormone replacement or you may be, you know, menopausal. You may be all those things. At the end of the day, your body doesn't want you to be unhealthy. It doesn't want you to carry excess no. fat. If it is, and you're having a hard time releasing that fat, something is off that you need to look into and adjust. And that's kind of what this conversation is all exactly. about. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to directly answer that question, Gina, you know, hormone replacement therapy should not hinder weight loss. If uh -huh. it's done correctly, the idea is to give your body back what it's missing to help you a resolve symptoms. Like a really good benchmark to know if you're on the right track is, are you getting all the non-scale victories? And if you're still not losing weight, that means you mm. are in, on, in the right direction. You're on the right path. And I think people should really stay focused on that and not let themselves fall into despair about, Oh, you know, and I'm not losing this weight, but hold on. Yeah. My sleep is way better. My gut symptoms have gone away. I'm able to eat all these different foods now. Yeah. Like there's all these beneficial things. Okay. So then, yeah, that's what we call the burn zone. Whenever you're kind of making a change going from a to B where it's like, mm. that's the, that's the frustrating part where it kind of sucks to be in, but there's a lot of good things that are continue to happen. The body ultimately wants to be healthy and if you, if your metabolism and your symptoms, which are reflection of your metabolism in some ways are moving yep. in the right direction, we should be very optimistic about that and then continue to search for ways that we can find to level up. Love it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Love it. So I think I remember you saying there's like 50 different hormones that factor into someone's weight loss journey. How many do we talk about? I don't about think I exactly said that. I, 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 I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was just an embellishment. I don't know if there's 50. But <laughs> <laughs> how many are there? Yeah, there, there, are, oh, there, there, are, there are so many because you could like obviously look at the big ones, the obvious ones, the endocrine gland ones. But then there's these yeah. hormones that are called exocrine hormones, which you know, for example, are produced locally. We're talking about things like insulin and ghrelin and leptin. These are hormones yeah. that, you know, do have a lot of research 
uh, behind them. There are certain medications. I mean, obviously insulin is, is life-saving for a lot of people, yeah. uh, but they do play a big role in our body's metabolism. So it's worth talking a little bit more about that because we do a lot of we give a lot of um, credence to the big hormones. So, you know, the thyroid, the adrenal, uh, the reproductive hormones. And that's because they do have these really broad effects. Yeah. But things like insulin and, and leptin, these are things that kind of like really influence things like cravings and feeling full. And, you know, insulin has a ton of uh, metabolic influences or impl implications. So, um, let, I don't know if you want to, how you want to, uh, uh, tackle that particular one. Do you, is there a particular one that you want to know more about? Well, I think insulin resistance has been a big one. Yeah. It's the conversations really calmed down. I've noticed about insulin resistance, like really hit big last year. Everyone was talking about insulin resistance. It was a whole big thing. And I thought, I find that conversation right. is kind of, maybe I've either tuned it out or it's kind of calming down a little bit, but people are still asking about insulin resistance. What, what is that? What exactly is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, let's just break it down. I'm sure hopefully most people know this. Insulin is the hormone that basically allows your sugar in your bloodstream from the food that you eat after it's broken down to be absorbed inside your cells. So it's kind of like, think of like the gatekeeper to get it into the place it needs to be. And because we want it to be inside your cells where it can actually produce energy. Now it's not just for uh, you know, a big slurpee when tons of sugar comes in. Yeah, that's where you're going to get a massive amount of insulin because there's a massive amount of sugar. So the larger the amount of sugar in your bloodstream, aka eating a really sugary meal, and then now expand that out for eating kind of more sugary foods for a long time, your insulin levels will always have to be higher to compensate for that big glucose because we don't want that big glucose spike in your bloodstream. While you know, glucose is incredibly important for our body's metabolism. It's also like kind of like a loiter, loitering teenager uh, that is going to cause trouble if it's just hanging around and it actually will start damaging the tissues inside your body. And that's actually the, the, the complications of type two diabetes. So for mm -hmm. most people, if their insulin is good, you don't have any issues with glucose because it just gets sucked up. Now, the problem is, is that eventually the, the receptors that glucose, the insulin locks into to say, hey, open the doors, let glucose in, they eventually become insensitive to, to insulin. And, and that's that, another term for that is insulin resistance. So they become resistance. So it's kind of like this like crying wolf's uh, analogy where it's like if the insulin continues to be pumped out over and over again, the receptors eventually say, okay, I'm just tired of this. Yeah. And they're not going to be as responsive. And now more and more sugar uh, gets built up in the bloodstream and less of it gets put in the right place. And therefore you go to your doctor and the doctor says, oh, your sugars are a little bit high. And the reason usually for that is that insulin is stopping to do its job because it's just been overworked and, and, and the end, the receptors are no longer as sensitive to it. So that is insulin resistance in a nutshell. So how does that factor into weight gain, weight loss? Well, the, the trouble then is, is that what happens to the sugar after that? So the sugar is normally meant to be put into your cells to be used as fuel. Now, if you ha have a history of eating more than your cells are able to use, there needs to be a place to put that. And primarily the backup kind of like dumping ground for the sugar which is then quickly turned into fat through a number of biochemical processes is around the liver. 
So that's where you get this thing called fatty liver. And it li literally means that there's been all this extra kind of like waste sugar packed in, in the form of fat. And then that also spills into weight gain in other places around the body in the uh, abdominal cavity. You have this like intra abdominal fat that now is really, uh, you know, the research shows is really problematic for metabolism because it just shows you that you just had too much sugar. Also, yeah. it's important to understand just another little wrinkle in this conversation is that when you exercise, there's a little secret trap door that opens up to let glucose into your cells that is insulin independent. So it does not require insulin. So if you have an adequate amount of movement throughout the day, uh, walking, for example, is great at this, especially after eating, it basically just sucks up the sugar better into your cells rather than just saying, hey, you know what, I, my liver needs to deal with it. So that basically is how uh, insulin resistance can lead to being overweight. And I like that you mentioned fatty, fatty liver, because so many people are so perplexed that they're not heavy drinkers because, you know, way back when fatty liver was associated with, with drinking a lot of alcohol and adverse reactions to that. Now, now, now it's something completely different. Non, was it non-alcoholic fatty liver or something fatty like liver, that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and, and the reason is, is because it, like I said, the, the amount of calories and the amount of sugar that people are eating or foods that turn into sugar. There's this term in the research. I was reading a research paper the other day about something called ultra refined or ultra processed foods. And these are, these are groups of foods that are now even researchers are looking at being like, wow, they're the most detrimental foods where it's not just always just white sugar. It can be a lot of these ingredients like cornstarch or refined yeah you know, uh, flowers that are going to quickly turn into sugar, that's really problematic, Gina. So that's ultimately what I, you know, what I was originally attracted to about the diet is that the diet talks about, I want to eat as least processed as possible. Yeah. It's not like, you know, saying, okay, I can't have quinoa. No, that's actually not processed at all. It's about, I can't have that, you know, that bear paw, which is like super refined, and, and it might be made out of quinoa. It might be a healthy bear paw, but it's still really refined. And, and I, I say that tongue in cheek because there are a lot of quote unquote health foods that still yeah. are really refined and packed full yes. of sugar. They just don't have nuts in it or they just, which is the bear paw thing, or they don't have gluten in it. Now that's supposed to be really healthy for you. You could be yeah. gluten free and eating really junky. And, yes. and still putting on weight. So just because you're gluten-free doesn't mean that you're exempt from, you know, this particular conversation. Oh my God. We can have a whole conversation on the whole gluten-free thing, but I'm gluten-free. I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. I'm, ah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, 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 you know, it might be a good step for you if that's a real kind of food sensitivity, but you could yes. easily like shop down the gluten-free aisle and just eat a whole yeah. bunch of ultra processed foods. And ultimately, it doesn't matter if it's almond flour that's ultra processed, or it doesn't matter if it's uh, yeah. if it says keto on it. You know, if it's if it's if it's in a package that will last through a nuclear winter, then yeah, probably not a good idea. <laughs> okay, I do got to go through these supplements, which I'm going to blow through uh, quite quickly. But um, anything else that you know, weight loss, hormones? What what are we missing in this conversation? Uh, I, I would say the only other one uh, is this like conversation around leptin and. Uh, mm. and and, and leptin is another little hormone that's produced uh, by your by your stomach and by your pancreas and make, in your in your actual 
uh, you know, digestive organs. And basically it's a, it's a hormone that is produced. Would you classify them as hunger hormones? Yes, exactly. I was just going to say it has a lot to do with like you feeling full. So when you are, when you feel full, you're like your, your stomach baroreceptors, meaning like the expansion, uh, is kind of like activated leptin is produced and your Mm -hmm. kind of brain shuts off the hunger. The problem is, is that you can become leptin resistance and that basically same thing as insulin resistance, where it's like, I've overridden my signal to continue to stop eating. And so what I do a good sign that you're leptin resistant is that if you've eaten your dinner and then like 50 minutes later, you're like in the fridge and in the cupboard being like, okay, what can I like snack on? That should never happen in an ideal situation. That's a big dead giveaway that your leptin is problematic. And the way that we kind of repair that over time is that obviously it's a bit of a stepwise, um, stepwise process that eating the Livy plan, following a diet that is going to be high in fat which is really important for leptin resistance, high protein, high fat specifically. And that'll yeah. help us feel full sooner without having to jump down into some other food within 10 minutes. This is why we constantly talk about nutrient rich foods, giving your food the most bang for their buck, especially with your, and you don't have to go ridiculous amounts of protein. I'm not talking about high protein here, but also making sure yeah. you're getting that good fat in protein and fat feed into those satiety hormones, making you feel more satisfied. Man, my mind blown with leptin resistance because just in one shot, you kind of explain that I eat and then 15 minutes later, kind of I'm hungry again. Do you know what I mean? This is where we're systematically trying to decrease the amount of food that people are used to eating. Just because they're used to that amount doesn't mean that that's how much their body actually needs. Then you get into processed foods and really nutrient rich foods that actually give your body like what it needs. Oh my goodness. I could, I need a whole, I need a minute with this whole conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I, we We're haven't even talked about the secondary supplements, but the good news, Gina, is that I think they feed into this conversation yeah. really well. Like, for example, the adrenal supplement, which I know is yeah. not secondary, it's there. Yeah. The idea behind including something like this is because the herbs in a formulation like this are called adaptogens, and they are researched in one way or another to help support us. A, 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 the thing that the adrenal system already does. So it helps, mm. for example, regulate your cortisol levels from being too high. So they're in that, in that formulation you're holding, you might find something like ashwagandha uh, is a herb that has been well studied to help promote sleep, decrease anxiety. Uh, one of the best studied, um, you know, adaptogens. And so I think that if you are one of those people that, especially if you're like, I've really been stressed in the last couple of years, or you're currently stressed, or you feel like you your stress coping systems have been taxed or they are, are yeah. currently being taxed, then I would say this formulation, I think, is a very reasonable one to, to think about. Uh, you okay. know, I could probably spend two hours detailing all the ingredients in that. And, and this is now yeah. a multi-herb and multi-nutrient formulation where a lot of the other ones that we even talk about, like, for example, CoQ10, that's like yeah. a single ingredient right? So yeah. you can keep CoQ10 there. CoQ10, again, a, a great nutrient for cellular energy production. Uh, so much research is being poured into understanding what do our cells need at the, at the smallest level, at the energy level. This is called the mitochondria. Maybe you've heard of that, people that are listening. This is the power plant inside your cell. CoQ10 helps that cell make more energy. And that's because yeah, we're thinking, we're thinking heart health. How is this going to help me on my weight loss journey? Do you know what I mean? Where it just yeah. like, it's, it's more than just heart. It's more, it's, it's your mitochondria. Remember your heart has the most mitochondria in your body. 
So of course, yes, it's heart healthy. That's where a lot of the research is, but I think it can also be helpful for other things. For example, um, I use it in situations where uh, people are, for example, uh, have a mitochondrial issue, for example, fatigue or yeah. fibromyalgia has been studied with CoQ10, you know, migraine headaches. And these are, you know, specific examples that are, have research indications, but those are not heart conditions. Right. Okay. So, uh, CoQ10, what, who would need to, I mean, everyone could benefit from this. What, what's your, well, I just kind of outlined it. Like if you feel like you're dealing with chronic pain, if you're dealing with fatigue, uh, you know, I think CoQ10 would be a great one. Uh, just improving energy levels. I think that would be a good uh, compliment. Unlike okay. the adrenal system, again, uh, one of my big things I've always said, everybody, I'm a no BS type of doctor. I'm not going to just blow smoke up anyone's butt to say, Hey, yeah, you know what? Take this and lose weight. Yeah. I'm going to say, <laughs> The Same. adrenal the adrenal formulation is going to be better for people that really have stress issues that yeah. have to um, enhance the body's adrenal system. CoQ10, it's not like you're going to take this and you're going to be like flying, you know, uh, flying off the walls. I mean, like, no, it's going to help your cellular energy better. And, and a lot of times people won't notice it the same way as the adrenals, but it still has, in my opinion, a beneficial effect. Okay. So this is the Adrena Smart. Everyone's going to ask me about this. This is just, you know, one that I got. Now, if someone really feels like they have a real issue, I mean, obviously beneficial, you have special formulations. Yeah. There are different adaptogens for different types of things. Like it, this can yeah. be very specialized. This is like, sure, go to the health food store, go to the health food, you know, the, the pharmacy, talk to your pharmacist, talk to the person, at the health food store, you want to cover the bases, start yeah. with something. Um, you know, obviously you want Want to be informed about what you're taking and why can anyone just take this who would want to be mindful and then who would want to go see someone like you about taking something like this uh well i think that i i all the if you remember back earlier in our conversation today all the people that i talked about the adrenal system as being problematic so like they're wired and tired that you know they're they're exhausted but then they can't sleep later at night that's a no. big sign for the adrenal system if no. you uh, feel like your blood sugar you're getting hangry so it's not your high blood sugar you won't notice a high blood sugar feeling unless you're type 2 diabetic you will notice a low blood sugar so if you feel like you're going through the day and you're getting these like crashes where you're like anxious and and you're and you're dizzy and you're feeling off these are a sign mm -hmm. that your adrenal system is not maintaining your blood sugar Again, that's yeah. a, another oh. two-hour conversation Ooh. we could talk about. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I literally have presentations that I've done to pharmacists and doctors on this conversation because they don't understand it fully. Yeah. And, you know, we can get into all the different reasons. But these are two big signs. And then I would say the third one would be if you're just fatigued. If you're, like, really yeah. tired despite getting a good night's sleep and you're like, I'm still wiped, that's a sign that your adrenal system might be problem uh, problematic. And that would be you know, a, a key indicator and key obstacle for you, you know, you needing some more help and you probably yeah. are not going to get the benefit, the full benefit from the Livy, Livy plan. And the last thing I'll say, just as a sidebar, little clinical pearl, people that have adrenal dysfunction don't do well when they fast. So if you're like, mm. oh yeah, I tried this intermittent fasting thing that goes back to the blood sugar being all over the mm. place because mm. cortisol, the main hormone produced by the adrenal gland regulates blood sugar genome. So when it's low, it actually helps melt blood sugar out of the liver, a tiny amount to keep the blood sugar steady. And if your cortisol is not ideal, it's not going to do that. And all of a sudden you're going to get down to the point where you're like, oh, I'm low blood sugar and I'm feeling hangry, irritable, anxious, fatigued, dizzy, any of, any of those symptoms. And then you have to eat something and then you're like, I, I can't help it. I'm like starving. I, yeah. I'm craving something sugary. And so you'll be stuck with like this, like yo-yo of coffee in the morning sugary things throughout the day just to keep myself going 
and yeah. you're trying to stay on plan. And it's like, that's one of the beauties about the plan is that you actually regulate eating yes. so well throughout the day. This is the secret is it's actually an adrenal recovery plan. It's actually really good. It is. It, and this is what I tell people. I have like an adrenal recovery diet where like you cannot skip meals. So yes. many people have a history of abusing food yeah. timing. Mm. And what that does is that does, it's a stressor for people. It's yeah. a stressor for people, especially when you're like, when are you skipping meals? When you're probably super stressed and your adrenal system yes. gets like double whammy. Anyways, okay. Yeah. I I'm off the no, no. So good because you. I try to explain people the progression of why you're eating so often. It's just such a rabbit hole of a conversation because it's like, you know, for so many different reasons why we eventually we phase you off and try to get you in tune to your body's needs and regulate the amount of food you're used to and really hone into what you actually need. I cannot with this whole conversation. Um, let's talk about um, B-complex because, you know, this is tied to energy and whatnot as well. Yes. How do I know if I need adaptogens or a B-complex or, you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. Bs are a little bit more straightforward because you can actually test certain B vitamins through your blood. B12 is a great one. You can test yeah. B1. You can test B6. Uh, usually if you're deficient in B12, I know in my opinion, the chances are you probably are not getting great amounts of other B vitamins because there's similar similarities yeah. in the way that they're absorbed. Yeah. So uh, some people genetically, Gina, they just don't absorb B vitamins. There is a That's stomach cool. acid issue. You have low stomach acid. You're not going to absorb your B12 very well. Uh, yeah. usually people that have had a history of being vegan or vegetarian, they are going to be low in B vitamins because mm -hmm. you primarily only find them in meat. Yeah. Uh, so those are, those are a number of reasons that you could be low right off the top. If you have, uh, uh, you know, a history of stress. And again, the same indication we talked about the adrenal system, your body's mitochondria, your body's energy system need B vitamins. And here's the additional kicker your body's neurotransmitters need, need B vitamins. Mm. So a lot of times people that have had, you know, this long history of depression and mood issues, it could also be contributing to a low B vitamin situation in your brain. So this is, again, there's a lot of research showing this. And lastly, there's actually a lot of preventative research showing for cognitive function, especially folic acid, B6 and B12 for maintaining and decreasing the risk of actually um, cognitive, cognitive related issues in older age. So things like dementia and, and heart issues, especially. Woo. Okay. So this is definitely one that you can get tested, go through your doctor. Yes. Go talk um, to your doctor. Okay. Yeah. Really and your doctor's not willing to test. Like I said, this is a key thing. A lot of times people are like, Dr. Paul, I'm so frustrated because I go to my doctor and they say, oh, it's nothing. You don't need to test vitamin D that Gina person's nuts, you know, whatever, you know, and no, I get this all the time. Dr. Paul, they, they rejected my request. Yes. Unfortunately, that is what often happens because remember the system is all about reactivity. So they're like, Hey, you are upright. You're walking. You probably you're are good. okay. If, if you're eating yeah. like a, a decent diet and, yeah. and the reality is, is that what about biochemical individuality? Like Gina mentioned, She's like, I'm low in B vitamins and she eats a healthy diet. How is that possible? Well, there are these individuals that need extra of certain things. And yeah. so at least if you don't have to test it every single month or every single year even, but if you've had it before, like iron levels or Bs, then you should probably get it more regularly tested. So that's where you, again, can really benefit from going to see a naturopathic doctor because they do a real comprehensive panel of blood work no questions asked. Yes, you have to pay for it, but it's like, you know what, now I actually know what's going on and you don't have to do it all the time. Then maybe your doctor can maintain, say, Hey, by the way, I was low and now I can retest.
Well, to your point, I, the only reason I got tested is because I literally one day couldn't walk for like, you know, weeks and they thought I had a brain tumor and it was like a chemical imbalance from being so low in B's and D's and all of wow. it. I just wow. absorb it. And so that's the only reason I found out about it. Was that's a, I, was- I mean, that's a perfect example of somebody that's like yeah. healthy, yet all of a sudden I don't have enough of these key nutrients that yeah. a lot of people just assume is there. I have a lot of medical residents that rotate through the clinic because we have a chronic pain clinic. And I have, I'm so surprised when I, you know, they say, okay, what do you do? And I talk, tell them, tell them a little bit about what we do. And they're like, okay, that's cool. I've heard of magnesium. Uh, I've heard of CoQ10 for migraines because we're chronic pain. But then I say, okay, what do you think about vitamin D? All the research on it. They're like, well, I just assume everybody's low. And then and I say, yeah. okay, so what, do you, what do you do? And then they're like, well, you know, I'll just, just take something. It's just a very laissez-faire attitude about the nutrients you need. Where it's like, well, I've had a lot of examples where they're taking something and they're still low. What do you say that? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, 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 you know, and then, you know, evidence-based. So if you're evidence-based with all the research, what you do, and then you're not evidence-based with your own patient, that doesn't yeah. add up to me. Yeah, it does not. Yeah. Um, I know L-theanine. Um, I got three more on the on the dock. I got like three minutes for three more. So um, L-theanine, <laughs> I know you're a massive fan of this oh, one. I'm a massive fan. I'm a massive fan. And I'm a massive fan for a number of reasons. First of all, who can't use something that's going to have a little bit of a chill effect? I think yeah. we're all overstressed. I'll include myself. I have four young kids. Uh, and so there's times that I'm like, okay, you know what? This theanine is just going to help promote what are called alpha waves. I love theanine because mm-hmm. it's naturally found in green tea. So there's a natural origin to it. It's the reason why green tea, even though it's caffeine, it has a very calming effect for a lot of people. Despite the caffeine, it also has lots of uh, research showing that it helps decrease anxiety. It can help promote sleep. Uh, and it is super safe. There is an incredible safety profile. It's been studied in kids, it's studied in elderly and healthy adults. So we know that it, it, it really works well with a lot of medications. It works well with a lot of supplements. So I find it's a great addition for people. If you're that kind of anxious, stressed person, the theanine yeah. is important. And, and the last little clinical pearl I'll share is that the, every bottle will say about one capsule a day, and it's about yeah. 220 milligrams, 25 milligrams a capsule. That yeah. usually is not enough for most people. I'm just going to okay. say that. I, I can't tell you what dose to use because I'm not your doctor, but I will say one capsule a day is not enough based on my experience and based on the research I know. Okay. So that's the, the, the one key piece I would suggest. Okay. Um, turmeric, curcumin, inflammation in general. Inflammation in general. Um, we talked about inflammation, right? We spent a lot of time last time talking about inflammation. And I think that the takeaway from that, if you, if you don't, haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. I talk about different herbs for anti-inflammatory, not curcumin, isn't a panacea uh, for all inflammation. Joint pain is very helpful. There's some research on gut inflammation. Uh, So I'm talking about like Crohn's colitis type of inflammation. Curcumin is very helpful for that. There's even research on things like brain and dementia, which is incredible. However, it doesn't influence allergic type of inflammation. It doesn't influence, yeah. uh, uh, you know, vascular inflammation as as well as some other things. So, I mean, there are there are certain indications like if you have osteoarthritis, that's what curcumin really shines. So, if you have any joint pain, curcumin would be worth a try. Okay, MCT oil. MCT. I look at that like a functional food. I, I don't really like using it as a supplement because I like to just have it, you know, in like with the collagen and you put it in, uh, you know, your morning tea or coffee. I'm good. a big like fan of MCT because what it does is that it actually bypasses that glucose system. Remember we talked about how glucose goes in your cells. MCT mm-hmm. oil provides these things called ketones, 
which the body can burn as an alternative fuel. It's the fuel that you burn if you don't if you don't eat, like when you fast and your brain actually is quite efficient on it. So it's kind of like almost yeah. like a trick way of getting your cells to use a different fuel, which actually a lot of people are like, I feel like I have better energy. So I have seen that yeah. a couple of times, you know. Yeah, I've, I used to use it for like bodybuilders, natural bodybuilders back in the day and also like A-type personalities and like busy moms and stuff. Like calms the mind, kind of yeah. gives the body a bit of a kick. Definitely not. And I mean, none of these things are miracle things. These are things that now that you're here and you've put this kind of time and energy into building a really strong foundation. I would so say if someone's having a hard time losing weight and they haven't kind of visited the basics, would you say like that is where you would start with the, like omega-3 and magnesium and vitamin yeah. D and do you know what I mean? Yeah. Start with the basics. And then, you know, I have a lot of people that they're, they're, they're like, you know, they come see me because they're like, I don't really know how to go about implementing some of these supplements. And that's totally legit. If you have hesitations about anything, you know, and you're like, I don't really know how it mixes with my medications. That's yeah. a great conversation to have with your doctor, your pharmacist, right. your naturopathic yeah. doctor. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a great advocate of personalized medicine. And I, and that's what I love about NDs is that if you don't have an ND on your team, you know, I'm not saying this for myself, go find someone in your community that, that, you yeah. know, uh, and, and start a relationship with them. If you have back pain, you probably should know a good Cairo. If you have tooth yeah. pain, you probably should know a good dentist. If you yeah. have questions about your nutrition over and above what Gina talks about, you should probably have a good yeah. relationship with your naturopathic doctor. And if you're interested yeah. in supplements and you're interested in a second opinion on yeah. your health, a lot of what I do is I assess people's health from a system perspective. They've seen a lot of different specialists and then they're like, okay, you know what? Now I have somebody that is going to give me advice that's not in the system in the same way that is looking at multiple, my whole case. And now I can actually have um, a, a little bit more of a personalized plan where I think, Gina, you've just put down a really good kind of baseline of Base, things that yeah. people can use to augment their weight loss journey. Yeah, man, I'm all about that deeper level of understanding. People are saying like, can you give me a list of these supplements? They're already in the group. They're in the guides. They're the whole list of secondary supplements. They're already there. Um, we've given you as much information on the most basic level about them. Now that you you go and you check out that list, assess if, you know your situation, listen to this conversation with Dr. Paul, it's now up to you and being informed to go have these conversations with your doctor. Seek out a healthcare provider who can, you know, you can build on the conversations that we're having. This one, I absolutely love and am so grateful for Dr. Paul and his time because so many of you don't have access. I hear this all the time. You don't even barely have access to an actual doctor, let alone someone to have these types right. of conversations with. So um, I, you know, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. I'm uh, always so grateful. I mean, I could talk to you all day, every day. I know I'm always gushing about these conversations. Every time you blow my mind, my goodness. Um, people can find Thank you. you um, they're going to ask, where can they find you and reach out. I know you're a busy man. Yeah. Um, you can see it on my website. Um, yeah, we're, you know, actually for the first time in my, in my personal practice, I'm not taking any new patients, but in, yeah. through my clinic, you can actually still access right. me. Uh, if okay. you're an existing patient of mine, uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed that today. And, uh, uh, well, you can still book all the same ways that you were doing before. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Paul Herkel ND also, they can follow you yeah. on yeah. Instagram as well. Okay. Um, thanks so much for joining thanks, me. Gina. Um, yeah. Great convo. All the best to everybody. I think hopefully we touched on a lot of key things today. I think was a good one. Oh, my goodness. One. Thanks everyone. Have a good day. Thanks. Paul. Bye. -bye. <laughs>
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com